0: In 1973, I was a a teenager and my parents took me on a trip to the Atlantic Provinces of Canada, one of my favorite spots on the planet, and as we neared the end of that trip, we traveled around the Gaspé Peninsula, which is part of the province of Quebec. It sticks out in the St. Lawrence Seaway. It was there on the Gaspé Peninsula that we settled down for the night in a small town called Rimouski, which sits along the St. Lawrence Seaway. Before we had dinner that night, I developed a stomach ache. They got worse and worse and worse and worse. It got so bad, in fact, that my parents took me to the emergency emergency room of the only hospital in the area, a Catholic hospital where the staff only spoke French. Before long, it was evident that my appendix was going to burst unless I had immediate surgery, which I did. I still remember the sickness that came from the use of ether in surgery. Can you believe they were using ether in the early 70s? The plain green walls of my hospital room and the crucifix hanging above my bed. And it was during my week staying in that hospital where I had a male nurse who cared for me. Whenever he entered my room, he put his hand on my shoulder and squeezed it and said in a very thick French accent, take inspiration, Robert. Take inspiration. What I realized later was that he was inviting me to be courageous. What he was really saying to me was, take courage, Robert. Take courage. God bless that caring nurse. This morning we wrap up our Lenten series on flourishing. and It's clear that God wants each of us here today and watching to flourish in life, to blossom and bloom in the midst of all of our joys and heartaches, to be like a thriving juniper tree growing on the side of a barren cliff in the desert. And these last few weeks we have touched on ways to help us flourish throughout the various conditions of life. We spoke about the importance of remembering that our emotional life is like, a, is like a painter's palette covered with an array of different colors, all on the same palette. That at any moment there is joy in response to some parts of life. Sorrow as a result of others. Perhaps a little fear over here and a bit of hope over there. And we're more likely to f- flourish when we're willing to create room for positive emotions, even when contrasting feelings are present. We touched on how vital it is for us to learn to become more self-compassionate and to respond to ourselves as we would to a dear friend. We explored how relationships and connecting with others helps us flourish, as does finding meaning and purpose in life. And last week, we took a look at the whole concept of resilience and its relationship to flourish. While there are other aspects of what it means to flourish that we did not get into, This week, as we wrap up, I'd like to spend some time looking at something I think we need, which is courage. You see, courageousness helps us each to flourish. And as I think about my own life and yours, it strikes me that courage is something that many of us need a dose of now and then, especially in this seemingly upside-down world. And as I say this, I realize that courageousness is a journey We're all in a different place when it comes to courage. Some of you may have courage down pat. I don't. That said, courage likely for all of us waxes and wanes depending upon what is happening. And we probably are more courageous at certain times more than others. But I believe that God invites us, like that nurse so long ago said to me, to take inspiration, to take courage as we journey through our lives. So this morning, let's spend a few moments digging into courage and some things to help about, to help us all become more courageous. Quoting from a variety of sources, courage is defined as a mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. It is the willingness to confront agony head-on, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. It's about bravery. Courage is what it means to have grit. It is knowing full well that something will be hard, but doing it anyway. John Wayne once said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. And I love what one person said about courage, as evidenced in this picture that you may see. Courage is all about do a brave thing today and then run like hell. Note that in all of these definitions, the courage happens precisely in the context of what is hard, painful, difficult, overwhelming, scary, and tough. Courage does not show up, nor is it needed when life is easy. Well, today, as we all know, is Palm Sunday. And although we heard the story of Jesus' crucifixion as is tradition, today is also the day about remembering that it was on this day that Jesus entered Jerusalem knowing that he would be killed. Before entering Jerusalem, Jesus asked two of his disciples to go into a village and retrieve a donkey. And after doing so, Jesus sat on the donkey's back and rode into the city. And as he did so, a vast number of people lined his route, and tossed garments and leafy branches on the road, hence the palm branches we have today. People yelled out words of praise with joy as Jesus passed. Yes, Jesus was God in the flesh. Yes, Jesus was divinity in human form, but Jesus was also a human being. A human being who felt all emotions, felt all physical sensations, and had all thoughts. Hence, riding into the city that day, knowing he would die, knowing that the words of praise he heard were short-lived and would soon turn to taunts, knowing he was headed to hell and back, Jesus, on that first day of the week, demonstrated unbelievable courage, guts, bravery, and grit. And while Jesus was courageous, clearly so many other people in Scripture, so many people of faith in the generations before us, were gutsy and showed courage. And I have known a number of people in my own life, as likely you have, who were courageous, each one knowing where their courage ultimately came from. Well, with all, of the, with all of this in mind, I'd like to spend a few moments now looking at how we might build our own courage and grit as people of faith. And while not easy, sometimes incredibly challenging and painful, all of us, can nurture courageousness when the going gets tough. So let's look at the how. While perhaps obvious, one of the first things and one of the first steps in building courage, I believe, is to admit that we need courage. Sometimes we have difficulty even admitting that we need courage. To acknowledge that we're afraid. To acknowledge that something is really difficult. To say to people who are close to us, this is really scary and to let go of our egos and realize we need something much bigger than ourselves to make it through. This is approaching what is going on with truth. This is scary. This is hard. This is difficult. I don't necessarily have what it takes. I need courage. Acknowledging to ourselves, others, and especially to God that we need courage or more courage is a poignant expression of faith, not its absence. It's about saying something like, God, this is hard. This is scary. This is overwhelming. I need courage. Help me to be courageous. And when we do that, it may help us remember some very important words that Jesus said. You know the story. Jesus' disciples are out in the middle of the sea of Galilee, facing death by drowning in a horrendous storm. They're flipped out with fear. And Jesus shows up, and Jesus says to his disciples, Take courage. Take courage. Jesus reminded them and wants us to know today that courage is ours for the taking and it is Jesus who offers it to us. Picture somebody saying to you, here, take this. And picture yourself reaching over and taking it from them. It is the same with courage. God is the source of courage and asks us to take it from him. And when we're willing to take and seek that courage from Jesus, remember something else. On the last side of his life, surrounded by his friends, Jesus said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Life's gonna be hard sometimes. But take heart, Jesus said. I've overcome the world. In other words, he said, life is gonna be astonishingly tough sometimes. But I am more powerful than anything life throws at you, regardless of the outcome. On this point, you may remember the story in the book of Daniel. Daniel and his fellow Israelites are in exile in Babylon. And one day, Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to bow down to the Babylonian king. The king, in a rage-filled fit, offers the three to be tossed into a fiery furnace. The three fellows respond by saying, God will rescue us, whatever the outcome. Here they acknowledge that no matter what, and no matter what happened, that they trusted that God is more powerful and bigger than what they are facing. These stories together remind us that God is the source of courage, that courage is is there for our taking and that God is more powerful and bigger than anything life throws at us regardless of outcome. Jesus, in essence, expressed all these things when in the night before he died, as we just heard, he said to God, God, your will be done. God, your will be done is a phrase that is made up of knowing that God is the source of courage and that God is more powerful than anything no matter what. God, thy will be done is like saying, God, you are the source of courage. God, I need courage. God, I ask you to give me courage and help me to take it. God, help me to trust that you've got this, no matter how it turns out. But aside from acknowledging our feelings and our need for courage, in addition to remembering to take courage from Jesus, and on top of trusting that God is more powerful than anything, I believe it's helpful to remember something Paul wrote about. You may remember Paul, who wrote much in the New Testament, was in prison in Rome. He was in a dark, dank, cold cell with little to no light, but just enough light. It was there that he wrote a letter to the Christians in the community of Philippi. Paul had been through a lot and was going through a lot in that cell. Yet he was courageous and brave and showed astonishing grit. Here is what Paul wrote in excerpts from that prison cell. My sisters and brothers, learn this. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. He will take our mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Paul was inviting the Philippians, Paul is inviting each of us to remember that we are passing through this world. We are from God and we are headed to heaven. And because we know where we are from and because we know where we are headed, we can be courageous. Here's what one person writes. Our citizenship is in heaven. This freed Paul to act in the world with courage This is not a vision that looks beyond suffering. It is not pie in the sky. It is not a denial of brokenness. C.S. Lewis put it this way. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. If we know where we've come from, if we know where we're headed, If we know where our true citizenship is and where we will end up, such knowledge can embolden us to move beyond fear and to act in courage in response to whatever it is that feels overwhelming and scary. It's kind of like this. If you know the outcome of the game, why worry about the current score? Whatever that score happens to be at the moment. We know how the game ends for each of us. Let this give us courage. Just a couple of other brief things to touch on. There's a powerful phrase in life I've come to believe in. I also think it's completely in alignment with our faith. And that phrase, which can apply to so many different things in life, is this. If I can't do it for me, I'll do it for you. Sometimes we can be in a place in life in which something we need to do, let go of, forgive, alter, or change can be very difficult. Sometimes we can be in a place in which our motivation or ability to act has waned. But when we love somebody, sometimes we might just become more willing to do something for their sake if we won't or can't do it for ourselves. In the context of courage, if I struggle with being courageous for myself, might I be willing to strive toward courage for the sake of someone else around me? Perhaps my spouse, my children, my friends, my neighbors, need me to show up with courage for their sake. I understand this is not easy, but sometimes this may help nudge us towards becoming more courageous. And finally, this morning, you want to ramp up courage? Ramp up your loving. It may seem ironic, but it's true. The more we are intentional about being passionate, about loving other people, God and ourselves, through action, the more courageous we become, in part because love and fear are not compatible from one version of the Bible in the first letter of John is this. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the, room, has the run of the house. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Love breeds courage. Love breeds grit. Love enables us to do and overcome in ways that would not happen without love. And sometimes when we need courage, the direct path to get there is to think about how to love, not about how to become more courageous. The more we make our lives about loving, not only will we get closer in alignment with God, but we will discover grit that we may not have known before. Love breeds grit. While not a piece of cake, I believe each of us can become more courageous over the course of time. And some of what we've explored today will help us in that journey. And just to summarize those things to keep in mind, acknowledge that something is tough and hard and scary. Admit that we need more courage and help in getting there. Take the courage Jesus offers as God is a source of courage. Remember that God is bigger than any circumstance, regardless of the outcome. Live knowing where we are from and where we are headed, and make our lives more about love each and every day. Each of these things will help us become more courageous. You know, I hope this series has been helpful. Each week has been kind of a standalone with a variety of topics. I invite you to go back and look at each sermon each week or dig into each subject on your own. There's so much out there that is great on each subject. But we intend on keeping this whole concept of of how to flourish front and center of this congregation and this community because it's something so important because it's hard to flourish right now. And we want you to flourish. I want you to flourish. I want me to flourish. And so know that we are all here together as the people of the chapel, whether in person or part of a virtual community far, far away. We were here to help each other flourish in the midst of it all. So my friends, take inspiration. Take courage. I invite us now to a few moments of prayer, and silent prayer.